false prophets are gone out into the world. There are many false prophets, many false teachers, and we ought to be cautious and careful to not just simply believe everything that we have heard. Believe not every spirit. He gives us this caution. Because many false prophets are gone out into the world. I want to say to you that this is a sign of living in the last days. In Matthew chapter 24 and verse number 5, Jesus said, For many shall come in my name, saying, I am Christ, and shall deceive many. Verse number 11 of the same chapter says, And many false prophets shall arise and deceive many. You see, these weren't just false prophets that Jesus said would come. These were successful false prophets. They weren't just coming with a false message and with lies. They were coming with these lies and people are going to believe them. He said that they will deceive many. Many will be deceived. But folks, it's important for us to understand that even though we are living in these last days... And these false prophets are arising. And 1 Timothy chapter 4 tells us about those who are going to come and, and speak lies and hypocrisy and seek to deceive people. But we are called to avoid heresy. We are commanded to be able to discern truth from error. I want you to hold your place here in 1 John chapter 4. But go back with me, if you would, to the book of Colossians chapter number 2. Colossians chapter 2. Colossians 2 and verse number 8, it says this, beware. Now that word beware, sometimes we, we read these words in the Bible, we just kind of gloss over them, you know, behold and wherefore, but these are all, God doesn't waste words, he puts things in there for a reason. And here he says, beware. The word beware, it literally means to be aware of. To, to, to open your eyes and be cautious because there is danger. How many of you have ever been out maybe knocking doors, passing out tracks, and you come up to that house and you see a sign on a fence. And it says, beware of dog. How many of you like dogs? I hold my hand up with a, a caveat to that. I like dogs that I know and trust. I do not like strange dogs. If I don't know a dog, I don't like it. I might after I get to know it. But I am leery. I was, uh, I was at uh, someone's house one time, a member of uh, a church, and uh, they have this dog that was known to be a problem. They always put it away when people came over. But for whatever reason, the day that I was there, they didn't put it away. It was a big black lab, half black lab, half pit bull. And uh, so I was outside in the yard talking to the husband. And I saw this dog around. And I, I knew. I was being cautious. Because I knew this dog was trouble. And, and so I was kind of keeping an eye on it, you know. And as I'm standing there talking to him, all of a sudden I noticed I couldn't see the dog anymore. And I thought, well, maybe she went inside the house or something like that. And just about that time, I felt some excruciating pain on my ankle. As that dog had latched on to the back of my foot. And I'm telling you, I let out a yell that probably was not the most manly sound in the world. 
And I turned around as fast as I could, and I went to kick the dog, but by that time it was already long gone. I was wearing these thick leather shoes. That dog had punched holes in both sides of the shoe and broken the skin on, on my foot on both sides. Man, did that hurt. I, I walked around with a limp for a couple of weeks after that. Everything was all bruised up back there. I, when, when I see a sign that says, beware of dog, I'll let you know this, I'm on high alert. Because I don't like that. I don't like, I've been bit a couple of times before. I don't like getting bit by dogs. I respect it. Beware, it's a warning. Notice what it says here in Colossians 2, verse 8. Beware lest any man spoil you through philosophy and vain deceit. Listen to this. After the tradition of men, after the rudiments of the world, and not after Christ. He says there's a danger out there that there are people that are seeking to spoil you. That word spoil is an interesting word. You should do a Bible word study on the word spoil. You know what you find? A lot of times you find the word spoil in, in the scriptures referring to an army or a group of individuals that come in and they ransack a place and they carry away, they, they rob the place, they carry away all the valuable things that are in it. They're spoiling them. Do you know that Satan wants to spoil you? He wants to get into your life and he wants to seek your destruction. He can't have your soul. If you're saved, you're a child of God and you're kept by the power of God. But I want you to know something. You can be sifted as wheat like Jesus told Peter. That Satan desired to have him, that, they, that he could sift him as wheat. You, you, can be, you can be affected. You can be attacked. You can be spoiled. You, you can be harmed. By the enemy and you can be harmed by false teaching. And so the, the admonition is this. Beware. Take caution. Believe not every spirit. Don't just buy into everything that you hear. I, I want to say this morning that it's important for, for all of us to understand. There's never a time that we should just let down our guard. Sometimes I fear that. Christian people can be very much guarded when they're out and about in the world, but they walk into a Christian bookstore and they assume that everything in there is good for them. And I'll tell you, it's not. An awful lot of what you're going to find in there or online. You know, I, I googled a question about the Bible, therefore, I must be right on this. <laughs> What was it that Abraham Lincoln said? You can't believe everything you read on the internet, right? I think I read that online. No, obviously. You, you can't, I mean, you, you've got to be discerning. Hebrews 5 talks about those who, he, he says, when for the time you ought to be teachers, you have need that one teach you. And, and he talks about the, the meat of the word versus the milk of the word. And he said, strong meat belongeth to them who by reason of use have their senses exercised to discern both good and evil. If you've been saved for any length of time, you ought to have some discernment between truth and error, between right and wrong, between good and evil, and it's all based upon what does God's word say. I'm thankful for the Sunday school lesson this morning. It was so true and accurate that 
that there are attacks against the word of God. And sadly, those who have done the most damage, those who have actually uh, brought about the the lack of confidence and the lack of faith in the word of God, it's not the atheists of the world who've discredited the Bible. It's preachers who've stood in the pulpit and undermined it and, and cut out the legs from under themselves as they've said, well, really, this could be better translated this way or that way. Or this part of the scripture really isn't in the oldest and most reliable manuscripts. And what they're saying is, you can't believe this and you can't trust this and you can't stand on this. And they have done more damage to people's faith from the pulpit than any atheist, scientist, whatever they are out there in the world. We need discernment. 1 Thessalonians chapter 5, in verse number 20, it says this very simply, despise not prophesyings. Now, New Testament prophecy, I'm just going to, we don't have time to really get into this, but I'm just going to tell you right now, when the, when the New Testament talks about prophesying prophecy, it's talking about preaching. The Old Testament prophets, what did they do? They took the word of God. God said, go tell this to my people. Right? Thus saith the Lord. And they gave his people his message. Now today we have the full revelation of God in his word. Everything he wants us to know is right here. But you know what? He's called certain people to be prophets of his word. Preachers of his word. To open the book and to declare to his people, thus saith the Lord. So when the Bible says despise not prophesying, it, it literally means to receive the truth of the word of God. Listen to the preaching of the word of God. But the very next verse, this is what it says, 1 Thessalonians 5.21, prove all things, hold fast that which is good. So in other words, don't listen to preaching, receive the truth, re receive the, the word of God, but prove it. Make sure that what you're hearing and what you're listening to is truly of God. And that you're not just hearing the philosophies of men. There are many false prophets gone out into the world. Beware. It's a caution. But then as we go back to 1 John 4, he gives us a contrast. There's a difference between that which is truth and that which is error. How do we discern this? How can I know what is truth and what is error well look at verse number two gives us that answer hereby know ye the spirit of god every spirit that confesseth that jesus christ is come in the flesh is of god and every spirit that confesseth not that jesus christ is come in the flesh is not of god and this is the spirit of antichrist now Clearly, there is teaching out there, even under the umbrella of Christianity, that denies the deity of Jesus Christ. There are some uh, entire religious groups you think, I, I think of immediately what comes to my mind are uh, Mormons, Jehovah's Witnesses, and the things that they teach. This idea that, that Jesus well, he wasn't really God. He was a son of God, but not really God, not equal with God. That's not what the Bible says. Philippians chapter 2 says, He being in the form of God, thought it not robbery to be equal with God. There was nothing for Jesus to be equal with the Father. That wasn't 
him usurping a place that, he, that, he, that didn't belong to him. That's who he is. He is co-equal with the Father. There are those out there who teach that Jesus is not truly God, that Christ has not come in the flesh, but there's more to it than this. Listen, I want you to notice the words. Words are very important in the Bible. Verse number one, we looked at it, but, but notice this. Believe not every, what's the next word? Spirit. But try the, what's the next word? Spirits, whether they are of God, because many false, what's the next word? Prophet are gone out into the world. So this is a warning about false prophets, but notice it doesn't say believe not every prophet. It says believe not every spirit. The very next verse, hereby know ye the spirit of God, every spirit that confesses Jesus. Verse number three, and every spirit that confesseth not Jesus Christ, uh, that Jesus Christ has come in the flesh. So, so what, we're, what we're contrasting here is the spirit. Not just the person and really not even just the message itself, but the spirit. The idea is this. What is the motivation behind what is being taught? What is the motivating force? What is the influence from which this teaching is coming? You see, that which is of the spirit of God. Notice that, that verse 2, hereby know ye the spirit of God. Every spirit that confesseth that Jesus Christ is come in the flesh is of God. Do you know what the Holy Spirit does? The Holy Spirit exalts Christ. That's what he does. When you hear preaching and teaching, that is an accurate exaltation of Christ. You can be pretty confident that this is truth. That the spirit that is behind this is the Holy Spirit of God. Look at... Um, uh, you can take your Bible and go to the book of John, chapter 16. But I want to read to you 1 Corinthians 1, verse, verses 22 through 24. This is what Paul says. For the Jews require a sign, and the Greeks seek after wisdom. But then he said, but we preach Christ crucified. Unto the Jews a stumbling block, and unto the Greeks foolishness. But unto them which are called, both Jews and Greeks... Christ, the power of God and the wisdom of God. Here's what he's saying. Here's how you can know that what we're teaching is true. Because we're simply exalting Christ. We're just preaching Christ and him crucified. We're not worried about signs and wonders. We're not wor worried about the wisdom of man. We're just preaching Christ. And someone who is preaching the truth of the word of God, they're not, they're not trying to spoil you after the philosophies of men. Or after the rudiments of this world, they're not looking to try and prove anything to you by signs and wonders or by their great intellect. They're simply proclaiming to you the word of God. Their confidence is in God's word. Notice in John chapter number 16, verse number 13, it says, Howbeit when he, the spirit of truth, is come, he will guide you into all truth, for he shall not speak of himself. But whatsoever he shall hear, that shall he speak, and he will show you things to come. Look at verse 14. He shall glorify me, for he shall receive of mine and shall show it unto you. So Jesus said that the message of the Holy Spirit is a, is a Christ-exalting message. The Spirit of truth exalts Jesus. By the way, 
There's a lot out there today, even in what would be called evangelical Christianity in this charismatic movement, that is this exaltation of the Holy Spirit, to the, but a minimization of Christ, and that is not of the Spirit of God, because the, Spirit, the Holy Spirit doesn't magnify himself, he magnifies Christ. That's, that's the Spirit of truth. So, we have to understand then that this, this message, of, uh, that which motivates, that spirit behind false teaching is not motivated by ex an exaltation of Christ. Much of the teaching today that claims to be Christian is, is really just the philosophy of man. Much of the teaching comes from humanistic philosophy, this exaltation of man. Listen to this. There are, again, churches, evangelical churches, even Baptist churches, where the message that you hear is some variation of this. You are so wonderful. You need to let go of your negative ideas and your negative feelings and all the problems of the past and really look within and be the person that you're supposed to be. Now, that may not sound all that bad, but that's humanism. That's a worship of man. It's a worship of self. Do you know what the biblical concept is? You're not good. <laughs> Neither am I. You're, you're low down, sorry, hell, hell deserving, wicked. Boy, don't you feel great. So am I, but you know what? Christ is wonderful. And where, where sin abounded, grace did much more abound. And some of us just have more abounding grace than others. Praise the Lord. Because some of us need more grace. But here's the thing. From the, from the pulpit of, of someone who claims to be a man of God and says they're preaching the Bible, what do you hear? Humanism. Not an exaltation of Christ, an exaltation of self. You know what else you hear a lot of times from these so-called preachers is really just an adapted version of secular psychology? I'm just saying we got to be careful about this stuff, folks. A little bit of error here can lead us way off track down there, and Satan is very good at disguising his attacks. Beware. Prove it. What is the spirit? Whenever you hear preaching, you ought to ask yourself, what is the philosophy behind this? What is the spirit that is motivating this? Is it of God? Is what I'm listening to really coming from the Lord? Is this, is what, is this what God wants me to know? That which is from the Holy Spirit exalts Christ. Secondly, that which comes from the Holy Spirit agrees with the word of God. That which is from the Holy Spirit agrees with the word of God. You see, here in John 16, where I had you turn, verse 13, Howbeit when he, the spirit of truth, has come, he will guide you into all truth. For he shall not speak of himself, but whatsoever he shall hear, that shall he speak. What does the Holy Spirit give us? Well, he gives us the word of God. He is God. I, I understand that. I'm not trying to belittle the Holy Spirit. He also is co-equal with Father and Son. He is, he is, it is the Spirit of God. 
but I'm, I'm trying to show you that the Spirit of God does not operate independently of the Father and the Son. God is consistent with himself. And the Holy Spirit exalts Christ, and he doesn't speak of himself. He speaks that which he hears. Who, who does he? Jesus is the word. He said, the words that I speak unto you, they are spirit and they are life. John chapter 17, just a page over, and look at verse number 17. Jesus praying to the Father says, sanctify them through thy truth. Thy word is truth. We heard a great Sunday school lesson this morning on, on how God gave his word, the scriptures, by inspiration. And the profitability of them. And then in verse number 17, it says that the man of God may be perfect, truly furnished unto all good works. What do we learn from that? Everything God wants you to know is found right here in his word. So whenever you hear someone say, well, you know, the Holy Spirit told me, filled in the blank. Here, I have two questions for them. First of all, if you need new revelation, then what, how, how can you say that the word of God is sufficient if you need new revelation? That's the first question. If God's word isn't enough, or, or if you need to hear a message from the Holy Spirit... That's, that's not contained in the word of God. Is God's word really enough? And secondly, it, to those people that would say, well, yes, God's word is sufficient. God's word is enough. But the Holy Spirit told me this. I would say, well, if it doesn't, if, if God's word is enough, but this message wasn't in there, then that must not be of God. If, if God gave us everything we need to know right here in his word... If it is aligned with the word of God, then it's not necessary. And if it's not, then it's not true. So the word of God, that's how the spirit of God speaks, is through his word. And if, if a message, if you are to receive a message and accept it as truth, you need to know the Holy Spirit agrees with the word of God. Acts chapter 17 talks about those Bereans. And it says that they received the word with all readiness of mind. And that they searched the scriptures daily, whether those things were so. They came, they didn't despise prophesyings. They came to listen to the word of God, but then they didn't just mindlessly turn their brain off and say, oh, okay, whatever he says goes. No, they took what they were told and they went to the word of God. And daily, they compared the teaching with the word of God. Is this consistent? Is that really what the Bible says? And by the way, you ought to do that. Don't just take something that I say and believe it because I said it. I'm fallible. I don't have perfect understanding of all things. And guess what? There have been times, though rare, that I was wrong. And I only say that because my wife's not in here. Okay? Here's the thing. I'm prone to error just like anyone else. Don't take something I say and bank on it because I said it. You go to the word of God. Study it. I, I think it's a great thing to do. To take. Some of you are note takers. I think it's a great thing to take notes. 
during preaching. Once in a while, I'll jot something down. You'll notice probably I don't take a lot of notes while I'm listening to preaching because just the way my mind works, I get distracted. Uh, so one of, I, I have to listen. <laughs> but if you're someone who can learn and listen and take notes at the same time, that's a great thing to do. Because I think you, you shouldn't just walk out and forget the message that you heard. You should take it and replay it and replay it in your mind. I encourage people, if you, this is a good thing to do for family devotion. Sit down, spend some time, maybe Monday, talking about what you heard in church on Sunday. How did the Lord use it in your life? What, what other scriptures do you see that go with this? And by the way, if you ever see something that doesn't align with the word of God, and I, I'll give you permission right now. If I ever preach something that you don't think it aligns with the word of God, come talk to me. Because I want to know it. And you need to stand on the word of God. This, this is where your confidence needs to lie. Not in the wisdom of men, but in the power of God. So, a true message, the, the message that comes from the Holy Spirit, it exalts Christ, it agrees with the word of God. And this one might seem a little bit more subjective and a little bit strange, but I want you to hear me on this. Go back to 1 John chapter 4. 1 John 4, verse number 5, speaking of these false prophets, false teachers, those who have the spirit of Antichrist, it says in verse 5, they are of the world, therefore speak they of the world, and the world heareth them. We are of God, he that knoweth God heareth us, and he that is not of God heareth not us, hereby know we the spirit of truth and the spirit of error. You say, I'm not sure if this message really comes from God. Here's your litmus test. First of all, does it exalt Christ or does it exalt man's philosophies? Secondly, does it align with the word of God? Is it consistent with the rest of scripture? I'm not just talking about pulling out a verse and making it say something you want it to say. You can, you can take the Bible and make it say anything you want to say. If you want to isolate some things. I literally read an article. It made me sick to my stomach. This has been within the last two weeks. Where someone took the account of the transfiguration of Christ. On the mount there before Peter, James and John. When Moses and Elijah appeared before him. They took that to try and explain. That God is in favor of transgenderism. I'm telling you, you can twist the Bible to say whatever you want it to say. But you need to compare Scripture with Scripture. Is this what God taught? Is this really what the whole Bible teaches? You don't just isolate a verse or a passage of Scripture. You've got to make sure all the Word of God fits together. So does, is it consistent with the Word of God? But there is another aspect of this. Again, it might sound subjective. But as a child of God, does this teaching that I'm hearing resonate with my spirit? Does it, if I have the spirit of God within me, and I'm listening to the truth, if it's coming from him, that it, it should bring comfort and joy and peace. It shouldn't, it shouldn't be conflicting. Now, it might be convicting, <laughs> and it ought to be convicting, 
But if something just doesn't sit right with you, you need to investigate further. Because sometimes the Holy Spirit within you, that spirit of truth that's guiding you into all truth, you, you might not be able to point chapter and verse, no, this, I, I know that this isn't true because of X, Y, Z. But, but if something's just not quite right, it might be the Holy Spirit telling you to investigate further. Get your nose in the book. Study it for yourself. That's, that's what he's saying here. Those that are of the world, listen to the philosophies of the world. Those that are of God, listen to the truth of the word of God. So that's kind of the litmus test. Does it exalt Christ? Does it align with the word of God? And does it resonate with the spirit of God that is within me? Helping me to understand it. We can't trust our hearts, but we can trust the spirit of truth. And doctrinal error should not sit well with God's children. Very quickly and finally, verse number four. Ye are of God, little children, and have overcome them. Because greater is he that is in you than he that is in the world. We have a very real enemy. He is seeking our destruction. He has minions everywhere seeking to trip us up and cause us to stumble. We literally are walking through a minefield every day. But you don't have to fear. Because greater is he that is in you than he that is in the world. We're on the winning side. Take comfort. Take heart. It can, be, it can be difficult to navigate this world with all of the conflicting philosophies that are out there. Paul said it may be that there, there are many voices in the world. Ever felt that way? Oh, there's so many voices. How do I know what to believe? Well, it really comes down to this. Get in the word of God. Walk in the spirit of God. And he will guide you into truth. Let's pray. Heavenly